Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, now we have a song about the armor of God. Do you guys remember some of those things that he mentioned? What do you put on your head? A helmet. What, what protects your heart? A breastplate. What keeps your pants up? <laughs> a belt. Uh, what about what you put on your feet? Yeah. What about what protects you that you keep on your arm? The shield of faith. And what do you put? The sword of the spirit. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> so we're going to have a song with those. And in between those, we'll do some dancing. And then we have different motions for the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. Got it? All right, stand up. a message from Pastor Mike, I believe. Good morning, church. I uh, apologize. I've got to come to you from my living room instead of from the gathering place uh, as a precaution for COVID. Um, but uh, our text this morning, we go to Ephesians 5. I, I, had, I do have a regret with this Ephesians series, and that's that it seems that we're going so fast. I, I, I wish that we could spend more time on these 
on these truths, more time on these um, on these instructions from the Apostle Paul that are so relevant and so meaningful when we consider them and take them to heart. Um, to open here this morning, I just want to ask you, have you really ever admired someone, perhaps your spouse or perhaps your parents, um, when you were young or even later in life? I mean, admired them to the point that you wanted to imitate their behavior. You wished that you could take that little bit of their character and impart it to your own life. Uh, maybe it was a, an act of kindness that you witnessed or a gift of generosity that was just tremendous. And just you say, man, if I could just be like that. I'd love to be like that. This morning in our text in Ephesians 5, Paul says, be imitators of God. What a fantastic admonition. What a fantastic instruction that we would be imitators of God as beloved children. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us in these things. Lord, we listen to your word this morning. We we look to it. We ask you to give us your truth. We ask you to give us your instruction. Give us your patience. Give us your um, the, the, the things we need for our lives, Lord. We look to you for that. Truth, guidance, encouragement. We ask you for these things from your word this morning. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read through the text. Ephesians 5. Verses 1 through 20 it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. For he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God and Christ. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Do not be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That's why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask you, who do you who do you know God to be? How have you experienced God? What is he like? If we're to imitate God, we have to know how he is. We have to we have to understand his character and his qualities before we can imitate those, right? We might think here immediately of our earthly fathers. 
most of us do. We, we, and there can be some mixed emotions there, right? Earthly fathers, they did the best they could, but they fall short of the example of Heavenly Father. But let me give you an example. In my, in my family of origin, a lot of anger. And I remember one night we came home late. We'd been doing a demolition job, and, and it was dark. And um, for whatever reason, I, I, I got the task of unloading the truck. And me and Dad must have been arguing because I was angry. And I remember taking an electrical box. It's a, you know, about three by five. It's it's a heavy thing, a disconnect box. Taking just throwing it off in the woods. I just hurled it off, angry. And I remember that sound when that electrical box hit a window that was stored out in the lot, and the crashing of that glass. And I, I, I just fell to my knees. I don't know what I don't remember what was going on in my heart. But I remember a repentance. I remember a, a, a change in my heart. Like, like, Lord, I can't carry this anger anymore. I've got to let this go. I cannot let this rest with me. I cannot embrace this anger anymore, God. I've got to give this away. I've got to, I've got to let this go. And I fell to my knees and I prayed. I, I didn't know the gospel. I wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. I didn't know anything about the Savior. I didn't read my Bible. I wasn't saved in terms of how we would think about someone coming to a, into a relationship with God. That didn't happen for a couple years later. But I remember crying out to God, and I remember his presence there. Now, I didn't hear voices. I didn't see lights. But I did know that my prayer was answered. I found comfort that night. And just a small thing, a few moments of prayer, of releasing something to the Lord, of saying, Lord, I, I can't bear this. I need your help. Have, have you experienced that? Is, is that a part of your experience in your relationship of faith with God? That he's real, he's tangible. I think about times of desperation, uh, of times of need, times of crisis. You think too about times of joy, don't you? That's when a child is born, a child is brought into the world, and you just rejoice with that birth, and mama's doing well, and baby's doing well. And, and uh or maybe it's a time of reflection at the, at the, at the beach or at the mountains, a, a time when you got away and spent a few minutes in prayer with the Lord. It, it, these things, that the Lord is tangible, that he's real, that he's close. When we look to the pages of the Bible, we see a generous God promising to a, a nomadic shepherd and changing his name to Abraham, who would make a covenant. And, and, and his children would be as numerous as the sand of the seashore. Or you think of Moses and God coming to him and saying, I want you to lead my people. I want you to bring my people freedom. You have a calling. You have a purpose. And he just does that in our lives too, doesn't he? He says, here, here's the job I've given you to do. This is what I want for you. You think of the brokenhearted widows of Ruth and Naomi. Uh, and, and God comes to them and comforts them and provides for them. Lifts them up. That's the character of our God. He always encourages he always forgives. He always moves. He always instructs. He always guides. He always helps us when we turn to him. When we turn from our pride and our arrogance and our willfulness and say, Lord, I need your help. He meets us there, doesn't he? That's the character of our God. Now, how do we turn around and replicate that? How do we imitate our God and our character? Are we kind towards someone who's in help? Are we kind toward those in need? Do we forgive others? You see how this gets transferred into our lives. 
It should be a part of our character, a part of who we are. You look at the pages of Scripture again, you take a look at Jesus in any of the Gospels, and you see him as a kind, compassionate, and responsive, that he responds to our needs. He responds to those around him. He's not, he's not aloft somewhere. He's right there with us. This is the God we serve, and this is the God we're called to imitate. Remarkable commandment here from Paul, that these people would begin to take on the character. We are image bearers, aren't we? We bear the very image of God. We are his children called to follow him. With Jesus, we never see him turn anyone away. We never see him reject anyone coming into his presence for fellowship, help. We see him as responsive. We see his determination. He set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem and to die on that hill. Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. So we see a great deal about the nature of God in the person of Jesus Christ, don't we? So that's my point, is Paul calls us to imitate God himself, become acquainted with him, spend time with him, learn what, who God is like. And then this command makes all the sense in the world to imitate God as beloved children. We keep on looking through the passage here. We see other truths. What are the two truths about the nature of God? That he's love, right? That he's love and he's light. Those two truths are so well rooted and grounded in Scripture in so many ways. We think about uh, his admonition here of walk in love. This is from the New American Standard now. It says walk in love. For us, most of us these days, it would be drive in love. You know, it would be, we don't walk too many places. But, but when you went to walk somewhere, it was a predetermined fixed location, right? That you were, you were making progressive steps. You were progressive determined action toward a fixed destination right most of us don't get in the car and just drive we're going somewhere we're going to a fixed destination a known point and in the daily routines the habits the patterns of my life are they characterized by love so you put those two concepts together of walking or driving you know of moving towards something and that they would be in love done in love Showing affection, showing care, showing protection for others. Not a, not a self-centeredness on my part, but a, but a others-centeredness. Thinking of others, putting others first. And then there's an aspect of, of walking in love that, that turns in love towards God, isn't there? A holy devotion that should move us toward prayer, toward spending time with the Lord, of, of an intentional action which demonstrates our love for the Lord. Um, John 13, 1. Think about uh, you think about Christ washing the feet of his disciples the night before he dies, and uh, the tremendous love that's shown there—that he cleanses, that he encourages—that that love has a redeeming and cleansing effect on others. It should be so with us, right? Also, that our love toward others should should help them be encouraged, help them be cleansed, help them be redeemed back toward the Father, that, that our love is not only helping others, but also pointing them toward the Savior in that. New Living Translation here says, live a life of love. You know, just a different, little bit different take on it. Live a life. Now, this isn't a, a fleshly love, right? This is, he's made it clear. This isn't a, an Eros love. This is an agape love. 
a filial love, a friendship, an unconditional kind of love. John 15, 12 tells us, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love had no man than this than a person who laid down his life for his friends. Are we laying down our lives for one another? Are we laying down our lives for the lost? Are we laying down our lives for our neighbors, our co-workers? 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love has been born of God, because God is amazing truth there, isn't it? Amazing truth. That God is love. Second part, walk as children of light, in verse 8. Walk as children of light. What a wonderful phrase. Walking in love, walking as children of light, that that that, that same determination, that same um, uh, progressive action toward a fixed destination, that I'm moving towards something. I'm, 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 I have my will set. I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going, kind of a thing. You know, that God is the creator of light. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless in a desolate emptiness. Desolate emptiness. I think about my own heart. It was a desolate emptiness before coming to know the Lord. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That, that, that's more than just a statement of fact. That word hovering is an intense, burning love that's waiting to demonstrate itself. That's what that word means. It's, it's not just a, a statement like a, a helicopter is hovering. No, it's, it, it's, a, it's a spirit of God was just burning, waiting on instruction from the Father to show, to demonstrate his love towards us. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, right? So, so the very nature of God, the first thing of his creative action is to, is to create light. Awesome. It's part of his character. James 1.17 tells us, Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. There's no shadow of turning with the, the psalm says. Think about the Apostle Paul here and, and, and this image of light. It must take him back to falling off his horse, a blinding light from heaven in Acts 9. You know, I think about that, about how he met the Lord and how the Lord showed himself to him in terms of a light, strong, life-giving, life-supporting. It, it, it gives revelation. It gives understanding. Light itself. And you think too about Paul's heritage that he reaches back in his in his scripture memory, so to speak, and he reaches back to Acts or to uh, Isaiah chapter 60. And he says, This this part about arise, shine, for your light has come, the glory of the Lord will be has risen on you. This is you know a scripture song. We think about that. That that he's bringing to bear this old testament scripture, which is now been shown in the lives of these Gentiles. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, look at the fulfillment of the word of God. Arise, shine, for your light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen on you. Think about that. Seems fitting here that we should conclude with that song, kind of 
plan in our minds as Paul encourages his audience here to, to bring thankfulness, bring praise, bring worship into your daily lives, to bring that, that element of thankfulness in, instead of grumbling or complaining or, or coarse jesting or, or, or any of that darkness, that, that there would be light, there'd be worship, there'd be praise. So how are we doing, saints? Can we, can we examine our lives carefully? Can we think through? Now, when I look at the truths of this book and I look at my own life in the mirror, am I living up to this? Examine our lives carefully. I've done this recently, just to, to, to think through, no, 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 that, that behavior, that action there, no, it's not fitting. It's not fitting for a child of God. It, it's not motivated by love. It's not walking in the light. It's not resting in my identity as a child of God and, and, and claiming that and owning that. No, it's more toward a deed of darkness, isn't it? That's got to go. Holy Spirit taps that on my shoulder and says, Mike, that's got to be removed from your character. This has got to be something that's got to go. And examine our lives carefully. Are there habits, actions, attitudes that need to be like a weed pulled out by the roots? Get that out of here. Am I a good imitator of God? How could I grow here? How could I, how could I become more of an encourager? How could I become more of a life giver? How could I be more of, a, of one who redeems and forgives and restores? In family relationships, those that are lost, they rub shoulders with, maybe the workplace, students. Am I a good imitator of God? Am I secure in my sonship or daughtership as a child of God? Is that, is that, have I worked that through? Am I walking as a child? Am I walking in love? Am I walking as a child of light? Lord, we ask you to help us in these things. Help us to follow you more fully. Help us think through where in our lives we need to grow in light, grow in love, to reflect your character, to be an imitator of God, in our everyday lives. Lord, we ask your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, saints.